art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now will you be down to sleep. I pray the Lord must want to keep. God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our Good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship, and this is my lovely wife, Debbie. Could you say hi to everybody? Hello. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. We're off to a great start. Hey, uh, this morning we are starting a series entitled Teach Us to Pray because we are of the opinion, Debbie and I have been in our own lives, and we're of opinion that we're not that different from most of the people gathered here, that we all believe prayer is important, but we're all also not very good. We also feel like we're not very good at it. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about here? Okay, the rest of you, you'll catch on as we go through, okay? Um, the point is, prayer is terribly important, but none of us, most of us don't feel very confident in this, saying, I don't even know how to pray. The good news is, top of your outline, there's an outline today entitled Adoration. We'll explain that in a minute. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And what we found is, is that Debbie and I have been doing a lot of research on this, and we put together, uh, there's four installments in this. This is the first one. We'd like to help make sure that somebody has given some instruction on how do you pray. If I'm going to pray, I don't want to just have my mind go out picking cotton. I mean, because we read about people who pray for, for hours, right? Yeah, and it always it used to be I would think, what are they saying for hours? How do you do that? But, you know, most of us feel like we're pretty good about little, some people call them arrow prayers, where you're just, as you're driving, oh, Lord, help me do this, or thank you for that, or just quick little um, blurps, I guess you could say, talking yep. to God. And that's, that's all good. But I need help learning how to spend time with God in prayer. And I'm, it makes me feel better that the disciples were asking Jesus, um, teach us how to pray. It's okay to say, hey, Lord, I'm not really good at this. Show me how to do this better. Yeah, and our conviction is that we could all be better at prayer. If you'd agree with that, would you say amen? Amen. Yeah. So if you need a pen, the ushers will, I'm going to hold one up here. They'll be holding one up. Raise your hand. You're going to want to take some notes on this. If you want to get better at praying, I hope you'll be a part of this because we're going to teach you four parts to a prayer. And today, the title of the message says the first one, and that's adoration. It's expressing praise to God. And we're going to talk about that today. And the others are these. There's four parts to it. Uh, and it's a simple little form. It's easy to remember. So that I have a balanced prayer life. The C would be confession. The T would be thanksgiving. The S would be supplication or asking God for things because most of the time, we, we don't have a balanced prayer life. And so when we do pray, it feels clunky and weird, and we don't know if we're doing this right. So today, we're going to show you what we've been working on. And Debbie and I, Debbie's been working on a notebook for years. We're going to talk about that. I've been working on this myself for the last several months, getting ready for this series, because I didn't want to stand up in front of you and talk about things that I myself am not doing. That's called hypocrisy, and that's bad, right? That is bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, preacher, pre preacher, or teacher, teach yourself. So anyway... Uh, would you pray for us that God would teach us something so we'd leave here better able to pray? I'd be happy to. Please. Let's pray together. Holy Father, I just thank you that we are here gathered in this room together and that you're with us. And God, um, we want to be like the disciples. We just want to say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, I pray that you would make all of us better um, at prayer, that we want to get to know you more and spend more time with you. And uh, Lord, I pray that this morning you would open up our hearts and minds to what you want to say to us. And, um, Lord, I pray that this would become um, more a part of our lives, that prayer would be more a part of who we are in our relationship with you. Be with us now, Lord, and direct our time. It's the name of Jesus we ask these things. Amen. Amen. 
hey, here's the good news. Point one on your outline. Jesus wants us to know how to pray. When the disciples said, hey, teach us to pray, Jesus said, no. That's not what he said. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, of course I'll teach you how to pray. Matthew 6, we find some instructions. We'll get into this. But the first instruction I give you today, and there are many instructions, not just in Luke 11 or in Matthew 6. There are many. So we're going to be giving these to you over the next few weeks. And that's why I hope you'll uh, be a part of this. But point A, Jesus does not want us to pray to impress other people with our spirituality. That's not what we're going to do here is how to say prayers that will wow your friends at parties. So you'll be asked to pray next Thanksgiving. Here we go. Okay. Uh, that's an occupational hazard for me, though, right? Right. <laughs> Everywhere we go. John, would you pray? Yes, I'm the only one with DSL in the room. I'll be glad to pray. Okay. Um, that's a joke. I, I don't have DSL to heaven. Anyway, uh, when you pray, Matthew 6, 5, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they'll ever get. And Debbie, God doesn't want us to pray to show off, right? No, not at all. And in fact, when I read that verse, it, it looks to me like this person is praying to get attention and that God's not even a part of it. And um, that's not what we want here. We're talking about personal time with God, a conversation with him. Yeah, and that brings us to point B. Jesus wants us to have an authentic, he wants us to have authentic conversations with our Heavenly Father. I mean, prayer be a conversation with God. It's one of the reasons I wanted Debbie to join me because um, uh, the church is called the Bride of Christ and there are many parallels between our relationship with the Lord whom we love and then a relationship with our spouse. I mean, when Debbie and I have, I hope that since we've been married 31 years that we have meaningful conversations. And so many of the principles we talk about here, there are parallels in my relationship with her. And as we go through these this morning, you'll see this. I mean, can you imagine if I stood up here at this meeting and I told you it's like, hey, Debbie, didn't you appreciate how I cleaned the kitchen for you yesterday? Yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> right. I mean, think if I stood up at a party and I announced what a great husband I had been to my wife. You go, <laughs> what is your problem? If you want to talk to her about cleaning the kitchen, go talk to her and say, hey, did I get the kitchen the way you wanted it? Why would you do that in public unless you're just trying to do this for your own ego? And the Lord never wants to say, he said, look, if you have business to talk to me, talk to me. Listen, it goes on. When you pray, go, by, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And so prayer isn't just memorizing some things. We did a little bumper at the beginning of this message. We had uh, the Lord's Prayer. We had, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. God is great and God is good prayer. We introduced, many of us know those prayers. We were taught them as children. And it's good to have prayers that we can recite. But our prayers shouldn't be limited to that. And our prayers should never just be repeated over and over again thinking, well, if I say this 10 times or 100 times or 1,000 times, then God will magically bless me. No, I mean, if I have a, a genuine concern, I need to talk to my wife. And if she has a genuine concern, she needs to talk to me. Now, what's really incredible is the implications of this. Psalm 116, Deb, in your prayer journal, this is verse number one on the first page. It is. Um, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. I love that, that picture that he is bending down to listen to me. I mean, that's incredible that the God of the universe 
wants to bend down and listen to me. And so one of the things that I've done to help me in this process is just a little prayer notebook. And I would love to say that I did it every day forever, but I, I don't and I haven't. There have been times when I've, I've been very disciplined in this and, and I've used my notebook a lot. It's kind of a tool for me to help me stay focused and um, to kind of lead me through um, prayer so that I can have more than just, a, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, bless me, that I can kind of stay organized in my thoughts um, for prayer. So it's a helpful tool for me. But the times in my life when I've actually done this are the times when I look back and I have felt the closest to the Lord and I've felt him working and, and using me um, for ministry and, and different things. So it's, it's a very helpful tool um, to have, and adoration is a big part of that. Yeah, because when we adore the Lord, it changes our lives. And that brings us to point two. Adoration is a vital part of authentic prayer. And by adoration, we mean the act of paying honor, expressing fervent and devoted love. Now, this is not the same as thanksgiving. It's not. And we always get these confused because it's easy to thank people. Um, if you if, if invited me to your home for dinner and cooked a nice dinner for me, and I said, oh, thank you for dinner. It was really great. I enjoyed it. I'm just expressing my thanks. But if I looked at you and said, you are so talented. What an incredible cook you are. That is such a gift. It just comes so easy for you. See, there's a difference. I'm praising the person for who they are. It's a talent or a gift that they have. And um, there's a real difference between just saying thank you and praising someone. Yeah, and so when we're going to talk about Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks, Thanksgiving is a vital part of prayer too, as is confession. And by the way, many people are terrible at confession. They think they've confessed something, but they still hang on to it, and it never lets them go. They never feel like their conscience is clear. And next week, we're going to talk about how to confess things so you can really be forgiven. You need to come for these things. This is amazing. And then on supplication, we're going to break out, how would I ask for things so my prayers are heard? But today, before we get into any of those, we want to stop with, start with adoration because adoration is something that we're just not good at. We're not good at paying God compliments. We'll, we'll even be okay at saying thank you, but we don't compliment him. We don't take the time to praise him. We don't even do that with people we love. I can't tell you how many times Debbie and I have been counseling a couple. They're having marital problems. They've been married 20 years or other things like this. And then we sit down and they're having just a really rough spot. They don't even know if the marriage is going to make it. Well, why'd you get married? Well, I married her because she's beautiful. When's the last time you told her she was beautiful? I don't, I don't remember. Well, why'd you marry him? Well, he's an engineer. He's smart, can solve any problem, can fix anything. When's the last time you told him how smart he was and you appreciate how he can fix almost anything? When's the last time you told him that? I don't remember. And all the romance has just withered and died in their relationship. They've forgotten how to praise each other and how to say you're beautiful. I mean, to say thanks, I could say, hey, thanks for wearing clean clothes today. You're welcome. Yeah, there you go. Or I could say, you look beautiful today. Man, you are lovely. Better. Much better. Much better. <laughs> but you know, we don't do this. I, I mean, I talked to somebody recently. They finally solved the problem. Their wife had been after him for years to get something fixed around the house. And they finally got it all fixed. They got it all done. And he said, you know what my wife said after that? And I said, she gave you a big kiss and said, man, I'm proud of you for tackling that project. And he said, no. She said, it's about time. Mm. 
Same thing can happen with the Lord. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Lord, I need this. We get the job. Well, it's about time. Prayed about it for six months. What you been doing up there in heaven? You too busy? And this is kind of our attitude, and we forget who we're talking to and how good the Lord is. And if we set some time apart, whether it's 10 minutes or five minutes or anything, if we make the first part of the prayer, no matter what it is, even if it's just a short prayer, before I ask for anything, Lord, Lord, I want to tell you how great you are. This is, I mean, when Debbie and I have problems in our marriage, it helps so much when we address the problem for me to say, hey, before we talk about the problem, I love you. And I want you to know I'm crazy about you, and we're going to fix this problem, but we need to talk about this problem. That's all right, right? Sure. Yeah, and I mean, she makes mistakes. We have to confront these things. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, yeah, but now we have another problem. Okay, there we go. Okay, but it's true that adoration helps, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, and you, yeah. Yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> okay, so Jesus started in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a model prayer. This, then, is how you should pray, pray, Matthew 6, 9, and it starts out with a statement of adoration. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Would you read that out loud, just that statement with me, please? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you wonder what that means, look right above it for the definition of adoration. Hallow, to hallow something, is the act of paying honor or homage, to set it apart as special. When you pray, remind yourself and remind and say this out loud to God, God, you're the God in heaven, and your name is above every other name. And we're going to give you six reasons why this is important. The first is, point A, adoration acknowledges God's authority and supremacy. He is king of all kings and Lord of all lords. I need someone to say amen to that. Amen. This is why it's so important not just to jump into requests. Hey, God, I need this. Hey, God, I need this. If we have to in an emergency, obviously that's right. But the standard issue prayer, the same way if I'm going to talk to my wife, hey, you look beautiful today. Let's start with that. I mean, who in the world would I want to praise more than my wife? Well, the Lord himself. Well, when's the last time you praised him? Hmm. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It is, this is not just another person we're talking to. This is the high king of heaven. And when we remind ourselves of, that he is the Lord of all lords, even though we are weak, he is strong. Even though we don't know how the problem can be solved, he knows and he has the authority to do something about it. Now think how that would change my prayers. And that's life changing, isn't it? Yeah, it puts, it puts my head in the right place when I'm when I'm praying, is that there is a final authority. There is someone in charge, and I can take great comfort in that. Point B, adoration also recognizes God's greatness and glory. And Debbie, would you read that reference for us? Sure. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. Yeah, and one of the verses that you also have marked in your notebook, I, I'm handing her in my Bible here. This is a verse you brought to my attention more than once. Why do you think that jumped off the page to you when you read it? I love, um, this is Revelation 4, um, 8 and 9. It's I, not in your bulletin, but this is something that was important to you. Yeah, yeah it's just because it, it gives me a picture of the throne room of God. It tells you what's going on in heaven, and it puts everything in perspective for me. It just um, talks about how there are these 
four creatures, and you can go back and read it, that they um, are just creatures, um, created beings, and they are surrounding the throne of God. And he's on the throne. And it says that day and night, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. For me, that just brings me incredible peace and such a picture of, oh my gosh, who is God? He is worthy to be praised. And why would I ever go before him without praising him? It talks about how that there are um, elders in the in heaven, and that when the creatures say this, it says, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne. Now, is that an incredible picture of the God of the universe? That is actually going on all the time in heaven. And how sad that I would just be very casual about talking to him and never praise him for who he is. Yeah, and if you put that together with Psalm 116 that we read before, that God is bending down to listen when you and I pray. I mean, this is too wonderful to consider. But the Bible tells us this is what happens when we pray. Our God inhabits our praises he longs for us. He created us to celebrate him and his goodness. He created us to praise him. And that's why it's so important we start out our prayers with this. Point C, flip your outline over. Adoration also celebrates God's goodness. Not only is God in the position of the high king of heaven, not only is he great and has all power and all wisdom and knowledge, but he's also good. And this is important because there's going to be times in my life when bad things come into my life. And I need to remember that even though I'm going through a hard time and I don't understand what's going on, I can trust God because he is good. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I need to remind myself of this because the devil is so tricky and he will be glad to put ideas in my head when there is a hard time coming away. God isn't good. God doesn't even know where you are. Why would you pray to a being who'd let you go through this? He doesn't give a flip about you. Lies. And adoration helps me focus on the truth. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. And we are so quick to forget. We don't remember all the things he's done. Well, yeah, he, he answered that prayer and... The doctor even said, I don't understand how you healed so fast. I don't even understand how the surgery went that well. It's never gone that well before. Well, I know. God heard my prayer. I prayed for the job, and God gave it. prayed for my kids, and God rescued them from a bully or from a horrible situation that was beyond my control. But what's he done for me lately? And when I start recounting his goodness, when I start celebrating his power and, his all, and give him all authority and recognition of this, all of a sudden now my problems take on the proper perspective. And that brings us to the next point there. That adoration helps us overcome fear and worry. And Deb, would you read Psalm 34, the first few verses there? Yes. 
I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And do you know when Psalm 34 was written, it was written by David, a man whom God said is a man after his own heart. Psalm 34 was written when David was running for his life from his insane father-in-law, King Saul, who was trying to kill him. He escaped Saul and ran into Philistine territory. The Philistines were the dreaded enemy of the Israelites and vice versa. And he was sure Saul wouldn't chase him there. Then some of the Philistines wanted to kill him. That's when this was written. That's when David said, I will praise the Lord at all times. That's exactly when we need to praise him. And remind ourselves there's no problem that's too big for him to handle. I mean, because it changes our perspective, right? Always. When, uh, there are a lot of times when we do this, when we're struggling with something or when we're afraid or we're worried about something, we'll just stop and say, okay, we got to pray. And a lot of times we'll read this verse, and it's just amazing the way God just changes everything. His peace invades our mind, and we can recognize, well, he's the one in control anyway. And it just changes everything. Oh, yeah. I have people come to my office, they're in a terrible financial strait, and they're just in a panic. Or they've just gotten a bad diagnosis. Or someone they love has just passed away, and they are just completely wrapped around the axle with fear about the future. And they'll come in, they'll start talking to me, and they're just going, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And I go, okay, we're going to read part of Psalm 34, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. And so we're reading through it, and they're going, why are we reading this? I have a financial concern. What does this do? Why are we reading this? I got a bad diagnosis. This has nothing to do with my health. Just trust me. Let's read through this. We read through it and we praise God for his greatness. We praise God that he is a guard who surrounds us. We praise him because he sees exactly where we are and he's going to protect us. And then we'll pray for a little bit and then we'll talk and I'll go, okay, how do you feel? And they go, well, I feel better. Why do I feel better? My diagnosis is still the same. The financial crisis is still there. The relational problem hasn't been solved yet. Why would I feel better? And the reason I feel better is because I've changed. We adore God because he is deserving of our adoration. We adore God because adoration changes us. I mean, if I hold my hand up in front of the moon tonight, and I have my hand right here, my hand can block out the moon. And if I was very simple, I would say, my hand is bigger than the moon. But if I take my hand away, and if I, obviously, and if I honestly believe that, well, obviously I have the wrong perspective. In comparison, the moon is infinitely larger than my hand. And the same thing's true. If I focus on my problems, and I hold my problems right here, I'm going to think my problems are too hard to solve. And again, the devil would love to keep me there. But if I spend time in adoration recounting God's goodness and his power and his kindness and his love and all the good things he's done for me, well, now all of a sudden it's like, no, wait a minute. I've got this all backward. I'm looking through the wrong end of the telescope here. 
And adoration also draws us close to God. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Oh, when can I go meet with God? I mean, David talked like that because he realized something else that's important about adoration. When I spend time adoring God, I love him more. I mean, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, and you feel closer to God when you adore him and recognize him for who he really is. I know when John and I were dating, we uh, lived several states apart from each other, and this was back in the day before cell phones. So uh, we actually When the had, earth was still cooling, for well, those of you who can't imagine that, okay. <laughs> well, we had to write letters, real letters, on paper. And, um, but I remember it, it was a crazy kind of thing. We would spend a lot of time putting our, our thoughts down and, and choosing our words carefully. And I'd get so excited. I'd run every day to see what the, if the mailman had brought a letter. And then I'd read it over and over. And it would make me feel so much closer to him. And it was um, amazing that even as I, you know, wrote letters toward you, I would just feel closer to you and feel love for you, even though I was not with you. And it's, I think it's the same kind of thing with adoration, is that when you reflect on how amazing God is, it just melts your heart toward him, and it helps you fall in love with him. And that's a good thing. Yeah, and if you haven't done this lately, let me give you a piece of homework. Go find a card for the person you love, for a person you love, and spend an hour or two crafting a careful message that you're going to put in there about how much you love them and praise them for an attribute that you really admire about them. Spend time choosing the words carefully and then carefully write it in there and then hand that card to them. And you see if you aren't more excited about giving the card than they are about getting it. Because now I'm thinking about the one I love. Do you know that this is what God wants us to do with all our hearts when we praise him? To think about him as the center of our desire. God, this I mean, is, John, that verse. Yeah, Psalm 27, 8. 27, 8. I love it. It says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Oh, I just pray that that would be my attitude. God has, is calling out to us. He wants to have communion with us. He wants to, to talk to us. He wants us to talk to him. And I want my response to be, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming. And then finally, adoration strengthens our faith and helps us surrender. Helps us surrender to his will. We read Matthew 6, 9 again. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Why? Because here's the rest of the verse. And verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If I'm going to surrender to God's will, your will be done in my life just like it is in heaven. Well, if I don't love God and I don't adore him, if I don't actually believe he's good, if I don't actually believe he's all-powerful, if I don't actually believe he is the king of all kings and has the authority and that he is much stronger than the devil, he's infinitely stronger, then why am I going to surrender to his will? Maybe he doesn't know the right way to go. Maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe he isn't all good. An adoration kicks that way out of, out of bounds. If I spend time reminding myself how good he is, well, then when I get to the part of where I read the Bible and there's something I'm going to have to surrender to, okay, Lord, I'll trust you. Why would I not trust you? There's none like you. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. 
Seek his will in all you do. He'll show you which path to take. I mean, again, when I have uh, something here that, that comes between my wife and I to start out and say, darling, I love you, but I, I hate this problem. We need to work on this. And I, you know I've been crazy about you. We've been married 31 years. I, I, don't, I want nobody else besides you. You're the woman for me. But we got to deal with taking out the trash, okay? <laughs> How many of you, I mean, when you start talking about it like that, you, we start laughing because we go, well, man, I mean, in context of a 31-year marriage, taking out the trash is insignificant. And we're going to work this out. But when you don't adore each other, a small problem like that can sometimes be the straw that breaks the camel's back. You know, John, it's like um, it would be as if I got married to him and then I moved to another state mm. and never talked to him. And legally, we would still be married, but we'd have a terrible relationship. And a lot of times I feel like as a believer, we say, oh, you know, I, I became a Christian when I was 12. But if you don't spend any time talking to him, it's the same thing. You're not going to have a good relationship. And so we must pursue him in prayer. For me, it's always been easy to read um, God's word because I love to read. Prayer, though, to me is the next step. It's, it just makes, it changes everything about my relationship with the Lord. He desires that of me, and the more I do it, the easier it becomes. Um, sometimes you kind of have to make yourself um, do what you know is right. It's an act of your will, and then the trust that the emotions will come later, and that's kind of the way it is with prayer. That's it's called the sacrifice of praise. When you come and make a sacrifice of praise, when David is praising God, even when he's being hunted, I mean, it's a sacrifice. You go, Lord, I know this is right. And I know it's right to focus on your attributes because everything around me is telling me to do exactly the opposite and I'm not going to be bound up in my circumstances. And this brings us to three simple steps. We're going to actually pray together here and show you how we do this every day. But read those steps, Deb. Um, the first one is we can make a list of praiseworthy characteristics of God. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to praise God, well, what would I praise him for? And if you're going, man, I wouldn't know how to start a list. Good news. On, flip your outline closed on the back side. We've made a starter list for you. We listed a whole bunch of characteristics of God on the back side of your bulletin. Like God is all powerful. God is all knowing. God is everywhere. And you could use this as a starter list. And so if you were going to pray for just a few minutes tomorrow, before you ask God for anything, if you would just pick one of those characteristics and look up those references, or even one of those references, it would change the way you pray. Let me just pick out the first one. God is all powerful. Job 42.2, it's right at the end of Job. And Job is acknowledging God's greatness and all his power. Job says this, I know you can do all things and no plan, uh, there is no plan of yours that can ever be thwarted. Job said that. Jeremiah 32, 27, Jeremiah, the Lord is asking, is anything too hard for me? Luke 1, 37, the angel Gabriel is appearing to Mary, telling her she's going to have a baby even though she's a virgin. And Mary says, how can this be? And Gabriel says, nothing is impossible for God. Revelation 19, 6, the Lord God Almighty is being celebrated in heaven. The Lord God Almighty reigns. Now, if I turn that into a praise, so I would look that up, so I'd begin my prayer. Lord, before I pray about anything today, I've got all these things coming at me today on Monday. Before I do that, I want to celebrate your goodness. And Lord, I want to praise you because you are all powerful. I know you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. I know there is nothing that's too hard for you. Nothing is impossible for you. And I know in heaven the angels are speaking the truth. The Lord God Almighty reigns. 
And with these things in mind, Lord God Almighty, I bring my problem to you. Now think how that would change my prayers. The same way, I love you, now let's deal with the problem. Changes the way everything is done. So we need to make a list. This is a starter list. Please use it. You could use one or two of these every day. Then Now if you flip back from your outline to the second step. We can adore God by speaking praises to him. Yeah, why is that important? Um, same way it is when I speak praises to you, that it's, um, it gets my mind in the right place. I could read scripture back to God. I mean, that's what, if you want to find some attributes of God to praise him for, look in Psalms. That's what David was doing. Read it back to God. And that's a way to praise him. Yeah, and it's important, though, that I speak these that I say them out loud. You know, here's a question that would be rightfully asked of me. I'm married to this beautiful woman. We've been married for 31 years. And if you came up to me and said, when's the last time you told her she was beautiful? John, have you ever said she's beautiful? Mm -mm. You would go, well, do you think she's beautiful? Oh, yeah. I just am not the kind of person who says such things. You would tell me to become a person who says such things. Yes, she would. Why? Because it's a fair question to ask. Do you really think she's beautiful if you never say it? How would she have known this? And how would I have gotten the joy of expressing this? Well, God knows our thoughts. Yes, he does. But he also sees what we do. And Jesus said, you can know a tree by its fruit. Because a tree produces, an apple tree produces apples. You don't need a degree in horticulture to see that. How'd you know it was an apple tree? Well, there's apples hanging on it. How do you know he loves his wife? He tells her all the time. How do you know that man loves God? I have heard him sing God's praises. And that brings us to the last one. I can speak God's praises or I can sing God's praises. And this is why we gather together. When we gather together at Centerpoint Worship Services, we always sing. We have people leading us in worship so we can sing together. And these are songs written to express God's love and his greatness. It's funny. Many of you know that I worked at Fraser Methodist for almost... 20 years, and inside the Methodist hymnal, a lot of people never read the little instructions on singing written by the founder of Methodism, John Wesley. His brother Charles wrote quite a number of the hymns that were in the hymnal. And so John Wesley had strong instructions on how to sing the hymns. One of the instructions is hilarious. Here's how it goes. This is inside of every Methodist hymnal. It's awesome. Sing lustily and with good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. But lift up your voice with strength. Be no more afraid of your voice now, no more ashamed of it being heard than you were when you sang the songs of the devil. You sang pretty well at the karaoke bar a few years ago. I mean, that's what he's saying. You weren't afraid of singing then. Sing now. And what's great is we live in a day now with uh, Spotify and Pandora and... YouTube and other things, we can listen to songs in our car. Sure. K-Love, WayFM, all those. I, I sing all the time in my car by myself. I mean, it's a great way to keep praising God all during the day. And I can praise Him out loud in my prayer time. I can even sing by myself in my prayer time if I want to. But it's important that we praise Him. Yeah, I sing by myself in my car, and I am amazing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not so amazing outside of the car. Anyway, so today we're going to wrap up. We're going to have a time of prayer here. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your outline, hold up the back here. 
I want you to pray along with us. Debbie and I are just going to model a simple prayer of praise. We're going to turn each of these statements, into each of these little characteristics into a praise statement. Now, I'm going to take the first one, Debbie. You take the second one and so on. Okay. And you'll see as we follow through, you could do this tomorrow. You could do this, or you could pick one of these, like I said, however helps you the most. Our big goal is to help make sure that we're having a balanced prayer time and that we're allowing our hearts to be in touch with God. So we're actually going to pray this list. Would you, and keep your eyes open. This is legal. I want you to stay uh, focused on the sheet here. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we just come before you in praise this morning because you are all-powerful. There is no problem you cannot handle. God, I just want to praise you because you are all-knowing. Lord, you know everything about me, and you still love me. God, I praise you because you are everywhere. There's nowhere I can go where I outrun you, and there's nowhere I can go where you won't hear my prayers. God, I praise you because you are eternal. You go on forever and ever and ever. I praise you, Lord, because you're the creator of everything. God, I praise you because you are unchanging. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I praise you, Lord, because you are love and because you love me. God, I praise you because you are great. I praise you because you are good in all things, and you cause everything to work for my good, even when I'm going through hard times. God, I praise you because you are patient with me, that you are slow to anger, and that you, um, you love me. I praise you, Lord. You are forgiving. God, I praise you because you are always with us. You never leave me or forsake me. God, I praise you because you're my provider. I don't want to forget all the good things you've done for me. God, I praise you because you are my refuge and my strength. You are the strong tower, Lord, that I can run to. And Father, I praise you because you are my guide. You will guide me safely into the future, and I trust you. Now, while we're still in prayer, now bring to the Lord one thing that is heavy on your mind. Pray for one friend. It might be a son or a daughter or a close relative. Pray if you have a financial need. Pray if you have a health need. Right now, in light of everything we've prayed, God, because you're all-powerful, because you're all-knowing, because you're everywhere, eternal, the creator of everything, I bring this problem before you. Please show me what to do. Right now, bring your request to him. Right now, right where you are. Pray about it right now. Forgive us, Father, when we bring our problems to you without giving you the praise that you're due. But, Lord, this morning we have celebrated your goodness. We have celebrated your power. We have celebrated your forgiving, amazing, a wonderful love. And we celebrate the fact that you always hear us and you're always more ready to listen than we are to pray. We bring our requests to you now, and we know that you hear them because we pray them in the strong name of Jesus, the one who died for us the one who told us to pray in his name. So together as God's people, we say, amen.